Hey everyone, wherever you are, I hope you're having a wonderful week so far. We're here with the latest episode of the Inside Crypto Show, interviews and discussions with regular people just like yourselves. Today we are joined by Curtis Schlaufman, Global Head of Marketing at Enya Labs. With his diversified career arc and end-to-end -end marketing skill set, he has helped dozens of brands and companies acquire new customers, launch new products and services, and carve out their market niche. You would remember NER Labs and especially Boba Network, right? Because we had Alan show on before. So I'm so glad to have Curtis on because Alan was an amazing guest. Before we get talking about Enya and Boba, once again, let's chat a bit about Curtis's background and get to know him a bit more. Curtis, welcome. Tell us about yourself. Thanks for having me. Appreciate the time. Yeah, I, of course, am a marketer and that has pretty much been my background the last a dozen years. I do like to think of myself as a bit more than just a marketer. Most of my experience is in startups. So then as soon as I graduated college, got involved in a startup and worked in a lot of other areas outside of marketing. So I took a keen interest in the, all of the functions of a business and seeing how I can apply marketing best practices to improve other facets and areas of the business. Because a business isn't just one department, it's all of the departments working together towards one common goal or several goals. And from my startup experience, I've done quite a bit of consulting and worked directly with Neil Patel, who's a well-known person or guru in the marketing space. Not a big fan of the word guru, but I guess Neil certainly encapsulates that, worked on his personal brand, worked within his agency, helped him launch Ubersuggest, which is a search engine optimization tool that was free prior to us launching it. We launched a paid plan, scaled that all the way to seven figures monthly. And then I started consulting for someone in the crypto newsletter space a few years back. I think it was around 2018. And so that was really my first exposure to, to cryptocurrency and blockchain. I was a skeptic at first, as most people are. And so I, of course, had to read his literature because it was part of my job and helping position him and promote his content. And over the course of a few months, I, I bought it and literally and figuratively bought Bitcoin, bought Ethereum. Oh, and then there I got introduced to a company called DeFi Technologies, which then acquired a company called Valor. I was their first marketing hire, was at Valor for a couple of years. And then shortly earlier this last, or late last year, moved over to Enya Labs, which is core contributor to Boba Network. And it's more in line with crypto infrastructure and blockchain scaling. So I'm really in the weeds now on that end, as opposed to working with a regulated company of a hybrid between Web2 and Web3 or Valor and DeFi Technologies was. I want to touch on something you mentioned, like you mentioned, like straight out of college, you're really interested in startups. And I would say a lot of people would not want to do that just because startup life is very crazy, very busy. How do you get out of college and say, I was just busy in college. I'm going to go and become even busier in startup life. So my dad was an entrepreneur or is an entrepreneur and he led a life or leads a life that he was always tied to his business. He had to go into work and work with very little resources. And I saw his work ethic and I wanted to emulate that, but not be as tied down to my job and tied down to a physical location. And I also saw that he built that business and he wasn't limited in his potential or his income and he wasn't put into a box. He could continue to iterate and be creative with the business. So to me, working a nine to five job, you put into a box. And if you're working in a startup, you get to wear multiple hats, you get some skin in the game. There's probably and likely a bigger carrot at the end of the road, even though that 
where it becomes rotten at the end of the day and the startup goes under. But it's still, it's for me, it gave me, it gives me more of a purpose. It allows me to have skin in the game. And by nature, you care more. And I think the learning potential is a lot higher working in a startup than working a nine to five job where you're put in a specific role. Whereas with a startup, you could participate or explore other areas of the business, chip in where you can learn from others because everybody else is still growing. And I just certainly found that fascinating and I still do today. Very good. Good answer. There's a bunch of questions I'd like to ask, but I don't want to take up too much of your time. Let's get on with the usual financial disclaimer. Take up all my time. <laughs> As a reminder, anything said by either Curtis or myself does not constitute financial or legal advice. Our opinions are own and not to be connected to our respective organizations. So wherever you're watching or listening, please do your research. Curtis, I'm so glad you're here with us. Crypto seems to have stabilized, hopefully knock on wood. But I think a lot of confidence, some would say a lot of like hot air has been knocked out of the crypto balloon. And going forward into this year, I know I've seen a lot of discussions online and offline, met with a bunch of people who have said, okay, we've lost a bunch of customers, a bunch of confidence as someone, who, and you've just listed a wonderful wealth of marketing experience, right? Like how do marketers move forward and acquire customers going into 2023? Sure. Particularly for this industry, I'll backtrack a little bit. I think it's a good thing that all the hot air has been sucked out. There was a lot of projects that were purely speculative, a lot of con artists circling. Then there were just bad practices that put us in the position we are today. And with the bad, of course, comes the good. And over time, I, just like any other downtrend or bull run, this industry runs in cycles. But for marketers in particular, and I think just companies as well, you are here to solve people's problem through your products or services. What problem are you solving? And I think that is a core principle specifically for this industry that we need to focus on because of the fact that there were so many projects that were purely speculative or companies using numerous buzzwords where people really didn't understand, okay, what actually do you do? What problem do you solve? I think we need to go back and look at core principles of a business and solve problems. And then also when you're solving a problem, being able to communicate that to whoever your customer base would be or is in a fashion in which they understand rather than throwing them a bunch of buzzwords, telling them that this problem is going to save the world or whatnot. Focus on your niche, solve that problem, communicate how you're going to solve it and get it in front of the right folks. And if you're effective in doing that, you'll be able to scale your business and attract the right customers. Touch on a good point, communication, right? Do you think, and I'm going to say it right out, people have heard me on this podcast say, I think we have been horrible at communicating as an industry what we're doing, what problems we're trying to solve. I grew up in the 80s, and there are a bunch of like 90s tech journalists now who are like very much against crypto. This is not solving a problem that we can't use existing technology to solve. And I'm like, it is solving a problem and we could use existing technology, but it wouldn't be as good as the current solution, right? And I guess my question to you is expanding what you say is, do we have a communication problem? Are we communicating badly with our customers and our potential customers? Yes, absolutely. I think there's a few companies that are probably doing it well. 21 shares, you have Valor. Those business models are fairly simple to understand. People can buy regulated cryptocurrencies through their bank or broker. So super easy, straightforward. Whereas there's a bunch of crypto projects out there and certainly, and they do solve a problem and they are great products. So they do offer great services, 
it's just they're so in the tech nuance and these companies are built by developers or engineers that don't have marketing background have even English literature or whatever it is that makes you a good communicator or a person who can simplify the language. So it's just a matter of taking all of that techy jargon and simplifying it for folks to understand as easy as explaining it to someone who is in fifth grade, as the rule of thumb is. It's turning that corner, getting folks involved who can simplify the language and explain it in layman's so that way they can effectively position themselves or their product in front of the customers they're trying to attract. You mentioned Vivella, you mentioned 21 shares, of course. Yeah. Do you think there's a place for Boba, Polygon, and Optimism, and like regulated products in the ecosystem? Are we still going to be like dichotomy of regulated and unregulated stuff, potentially going to be regulated very soon? But what's the sort of the mix up of the current industry? How are we going to solve this issue of regulation and unregulation? And ETPs, ETFs, things you can just buy on your decentralized exchange. Yeah, I think it's going to be a mixture of decentralized, regulated, little hybrid here of both. I don't think the future is totally decentralized. Decentralization is good for particular things. Centralization is good for particular things as well. I don't think we should wipe centralization off the board. There needs to be central actors for particular businesses or services to maintain human input. Uh, otherwise, you lose some efficiency with some decentralized structures. Things don't get done quite as fast because it's reliant upon usually decentralized autonomous organizations. But there is certainly a path moving forward for decentralized organizations or projects like Boba Network. Because at the end of the day, Valor, 21 Shares, or any regulated company who are in the crypto industry, they're still buying these cryptocurrencies for their clients who are buying them through regulated means. And Boba Network, which is a layer two scaling solution on top of Ethereum and BNB and Avalanche, when someone goes to purchase something on Boba Network, like ETH or Bitcoin, they're able to do it at a faster and cheaper because layer two scaling solution increase transaction speeds and make them less expensive for folks. That's true. And you brought up Boba. We definitely have to talk about it. And again, yeah. like I have to remember, go back, watch Alan's old episode because it was impressive. He's an like incredibly smart guy. Not to mention he has like a really cool Boba Network luminescent logo on the back when he did the <laughs> podcast. I love that logo. So Curtis, at a point in this script around preparing, I'm like, okay, let me check how Boba's doing. And I love, I love the text that's available, I love the documentation that's available on the site. And it's very easy to understand. Like I'm a crypto person, but I'm not like a in the weeds person when it comes to crypto. But I guess my question to you is, and it's something I prepared today is like, Boba is number 15 as of April 3rd. And again, I'm in Taiwan, so I'm a little bit ahead of the deadline. And as somebody who's taking over this massive marketing role, and Boba's got that like cool offering, Web 2, Web 3. And Helen mentioned machine learning as well, allowing you to access machine learning off-chain and then bring on that data on-chain. What's your general idea or plan? And again, you're not obligated to disclose any of the secrets inside your mind. Oh, I'm, I'm happy to give away my ticket. <laughs> How are we going to get more people into Boba? How are we going to get more people partaking in the ecosystem, following you guys on Telegram, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, that sort of stuff? Like, what's the idea coming into this role? Yeah. If we go back to the previous full run, Boba Network had over a billion dollars in total value lock. So we were certainly up there. Unfortunately, with the market dip, most of the TVL went away. And 
during that time, we did expand to a few other chains. So when we talk about your product offering or position your product, Boba Network is the only multi-chain layer two solution. All of the L2s currently exist on Ethereum. We exist on Ethereum and Avalanche. And then you have something called hybrid compute that Boba has over everyone else. And hybrid compute enables smart contracts to call off-chain APIs onto the blockchain. And the biggest issue with blockchain is its scale limitation. Blockchain will always have scaling limitations because it's a distributed ledger technology and it can only process a certain amount of advanced computation. However, hybrid compute enables you to overcome those scaling issues and enables you to call those off-chain APIs. So moving forward, certainly that is the biggest thing that makes Boba Network unique in comparison to our competitors like Arbitrum or Optimism or some of the ZK rollups as well. So certainly we'll be doubling down trying to communicate on the front end to developers who are creating smart contracts or deploying dApps that they can use this technology to create uh, more dynamic and smarter dApps for blockchain. And currently right now, not many people quite honestly know about it. So it's getting in front of them when they're developing those apps and then giving them the sort of uh, empowering them to know that they can do this. Certainly as well, it's partnering with the right ecosystem partners, deploying additional dApps onto instances that have thriving communities. For example, last month or about a month and a half ago, time blends together now, the Uniswap community just approved the deployment of Uniswap to Boba or to the Boba ETH instance. Yeah, it will be the sixth chain that has Uniswap available. So that's a big deal for us. We have several marketing initiatives planned around that. And outside of that, we're going to continue to add other alluring projects and dApps to our ecosystem. Of course, build out our content marketing and do all the traditional marketing channels because traditional marketing still applies uh, to Web3. That's certainly my background. I'm not a Web3 native, but I'm coming in and providing some of that knowledge. And if you notice as well, we've had a tremendous amount of traction on our Boa B layer two scaling solution. We are the only layer two, as I mentioned, on BNB. We're on pace for over a million transactions this month. We had close to, let me look it up real quick. We had over half a million transactions on our BNB layer two last month with nearly 13,000 wallets added to that. And that's up almost 10,000% since January. So congratulations. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So things can turn around quickly if you execute right and you partner with the right projects that have communities or people who are interested or in participating in those dApps or utilizing those unique things that will solve a problem for somebody. So that's a high level path moving forward. And of course, at the end of the day, it's always about user experience and making sure that you're putting your best foot forward when you're creating a product or continually iterating upon your product. And for us, that's our gateway and making sure that developers or users of the Boba instances or Boba gateway have a great experience with Boba, how they interact with Boba. There are a numerous amount of changes and augmentations coming up as well in improving our developer, any of our, or any of the other users that we have in our environment or trying to attract into our environment. That is a nice high level overview and I appreciate that. And. I know you did mention like that is a key selling point. And I think Alan and I, when we did our podcast, we didn't get to talk about the idea of the multi-chain feature. And there are different protocols working on multi-chain. 
And do you see this as a key differentiator for expanding Bover? Oh, and I also remember my other questions. So we're going to wrap that question into this as well. As I feel like the last three months, I remember when I was preparing some marketing material yesterday, I saw a headline and was like, the U.S. is trying to kill crypto and you're based in the States. Alan's based in the States as well. Do you guys, as Boba, see yourself sort of reaching beyond the U.S. for partners and expanding beyond the U.S. for Boba? just because of the current regulatory environment. And again, I'll remind people, you're not a lawyer, I'm not a lawyer either. So, of course, there's a lot of things you can't speak to. Top of mind, what do you think? To be fair, my girlfriend thinks I argue like an, a lawyer. I'm almost there, maybe, but not quite. So, currently, we do a lot of business outside of the U.S. For example, we have a significant presence in the MENA region. And a lot of our growth is attributed to the partnerships that we've established in the MENA region. Specifically, I also forgot to mention this. Enya Labs signed a contract with DMCC, which is a government entity out of Dubai that helps facilitate and provide resources to crypto projects that are based in Dubai. And we signed a contract with them to partner so that they would introduce potential ecosystem projects to us and they would deploy in Boba. So there are a lot of friendly government entities outside of the U.S., ironically, because the U.S. is supposed to be its place for innovation, so it's backwards right now. Uh, yes, we have a lot of partnerships outside of the U.S. MENA region, India, our biggest project right now that's driving a lot of transactions specifically on Boba BNB is Rovi Network, the base set of India. It's a super DAP that does a bunch of different cool things, and we're figuring out ways to continue to leverage that partnership. And uh, we're a global company at the end of the day. And we're not just looking at the U.S. And we're quite wary of the U.S. right now. And we're looking for ways to stay compliant because we are still an U.S.-based company that works on a blockchain project. But yeah, we're borderless, just blockchain was intended to be. And I guess that is something never really... It's also something, I think, as if you've spoken to more projects and had more episodes in the last six months, I feel like a lot of projects are expanding and I didn't get, I think maybe it wasn't at that time because we did speak to Alan, I think a little bit late last year in like Q3, Q4. So it's good to see Boba expanding because not to mention it's a cool name, but doing cool things, being multi-chain, getting more people involved, I think is fantastic. Nice. Okay, let's zoom out a bit, Curtis. And you being the marketing expert, you already already mentioned some things like, and you, you started out at Valor, you got into the crypto newsletter stuff. So Looking back at the last like 15 months or so, what are some mistakes that you've seen as you wake up in the morning and hopefully you don't do this bad habit that I do, which is the first thing is I check all my like news and what's happened since I'm like a little bit ahead of the date. I'm like, oh my God, this happened. So what are some things that crypto companies are doing, bad marketing strategies, things they shouldn't be doing? Because I know we do have a fair number of chief marketing officers who do listen to the podcast. So what are some bad things people are doing that you think, yep, no, don't do that. You should be doing this instead. Yeah, I think uh, we also talked to a bunch of other projects in the space because as we partner with others, we bring them into our ecosystem. Uh, and just to start, they really don't have any idea about how to execute a marketing strategy. And they're not too familiar with a go-to-market strategy. But really, when you get to the principle of marketing, I think any good marketing strategy is guided by data. And they're not looking at data. So they're just throwing money or burning money, paying for sponsorships or not knowing the cost effectiveness of who they're hiring to be their vendors. And there's a lot of waste. And certainly too, to be quite candid, I've talked to other vendors and for potential marketing collaboration or services. And 
the prices I get from Web3 marketing agencies are triple the cost of any practical Web2 agency. I find myself biting my tongue quite a bit. I guess that's just been the nature of the industry over the past couple of years or past few years. There's just been so much money in the space that people were freely giving it out if they thought it would help grow their brand or get their their product or their DAP in front of the customers that they were looking for. But number one thing, it's just they're not looking at data and they're not allowing for it and that's not guiding their strategy. So there's a lot of waste involved to that end uh, or they're just throwing millions of dollars into sponsorships and they don't know if those sponsorships are actually growing their user base. Um, certainly you do have to do brand marketing and sponsorships are a part of that, but you want to be able to track what the impact is. So without going into the plethora of other reasons, that's the number one thing because my background has always been, what's the ROI of a performance marketer? What's the data? And always make decisions based on the data. That's literally sounds just like my manager. <laughs> she said the same thing when she joined. That's wonderful. I'm going to ask this as well. I remember when I first jumped into crypto, particularly like working in crypto, right? Was I remember like my boss was like, okay, yeah, we should look into some influencers. And so what's your thoughts about influencer marketing, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, that sort of stuff? Is there still a fit for it in the space? Is it worth it? Is it not worth it? Is it like a case by case basis? What's your thoughts about that? Yeah, I think influencer marketing is great, but you have to make sure you're using the right influencer and that they have the right audience for your product market fit. I'm not going to go out to one of the Kardashians and have them plug Boba Network because I'm probably not going to find a whole lot of developers in that audience. So I'm going to want to work with an, with an influencer specifically for Boba Network who has a large following of developers because that's ultimately who we want using Boba Network. Or if you're a gaming project, go out to a Twitch streamer. Uh, and who has a large following and they stream on Twitch all the time and have them plug your product. So, you know, it, just like with any paid advertising, the same rules are still going to apply with influencers. You want to make sure you're getting in front of the right audience. And is that influencer, do they have the right audience for your product or service? That makes total sense. I think Curtis, you covered a lot today so far, and you've already mentioned a bunch of things that for people who listened to Alan's original episode were like, oh, okay, Boba's really come quite a fair way in the last four or five months or so since we spoke to Alan. And before we end off today's show, I wanted to ask you, like, is there anything else about Boba, about marketing, about Inya you'd like to talk about? Any pearls of wisdom you'd like to leave us with? No, not necessarily. I think if, definitely watch Alan's episode. He's a lot smarter than me. So if you want the tech side of things, you'll get an even more advanced explanation of that. But moving forward, certainly this year is going to be really interesting, particularly with maybe how regulation goes, specifically in the United States. I hope that the SEC has some sense in putting practical regulations that still allows the industry some space and breathing room to grow here in the United States. I'm an American and I want the United States to be a hub and a place for cryptocurrency and blockchain to thrive, not just for because I work in it, but because I do think it can solve and it is solving problems in the world. And we're still in the early stages really of this space and a lot can happen in a few days, a lot can happen in a few months and certainly this time next year, we'll be having a very different conversation about the state of the industry and uh, and the happenings of what's going on. I totally agree with you. Curtis, as usual, I'll put Boba's links down in the show notes, Ines as well. 
I have your LinkedIn. Are you on Twitter at all? Would you want to share? Yeah. Sure. I'm on Twitter at C Schlaf, A at E S C H L A U F. My first initial Curtis okay. Schlaf and half of my last name. Cool. 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 I will put that in the show notes as well. So people, if you're interested, I'm going to follow Curtis right after this podcast as well. If you're interested, please do follow him. I would highly recommend if you're just hearing one Bobo for the first time, check them out. If you're somebody who's interested in L2s and definitely L2s seem to be like all the rage these days, definitely go and check it out. It's always fun to explore new projects, listen to new projects. And Curtis, thank you very much for your time. Hopefully you've already had dinner or you're going to have a nice delicious dinner right now. Yeah, just about time. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So enjoy your dinner. And the cool thing is this episode will literally be out in 24 hours from now. Yeah. I'll fill you in on how it does and I will chat to you. I hope we can both you and Alan on, I think would be awesome. That would be like a cool chat podcast. Yeah. Well, that. Yeah, talk to you. And like you said, maybe this time next year again, love to see where Boba is, what Boba is doing, more about the multi-chain stuff that you guys are doing and we can catch up in. Super. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time and thanks for having me on. Thank you too.